I want us to turn this morning to Galatians chapter 6, verses 8 through 10. And this tells us the way that we ought to live and the way that we ought to um, walk with God. And so I'm going to read this, Galatians 6, starting at verse 8. It says, Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Now before I go on, I'd just like to say that if you are living moment to moment, if you are thinking more about how you can be satisfied by what the world offers you, that is what I'd call sinful nature, or the Apostle Paul would call that living by the flesh, because we're more focused on the things that last, or or the the things that are temporary rather than the things that last, but he goes on to say in verse 8, it says, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. To do that requires we be people who know how to live by the Spirit. So it's not so much depending on on our daily needs and, and thinking about how to live day to day, but realizing that every material need that we have, every, every food need that we have, anything that you can imagine that is provided on the face of this earth doesn't matter in comparison to connection with God and the Spirit. And the way that we do that, we do that through the Word of God, we do that through prayer, we do that through connecting with others that draw us closer to the Lord. So the Apostle Paul goes on to say in verse 9, so let's not get Tired. Everyone say tired. Okay, you sounded tired when you said that. Everyone say tired. Okay, you're right, Kelly. I don't know. We need to we need to pour some gasoline in this place and get a fire going. I'm not sure. Let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. You hear that? At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So don't give up. Keep plowing. Keep doing the things you need to do. Keep picking the weeds out of that field. Pastor Kelly, the business he is in is in seed. And he can tell you that this is the only time of year where the farmers are happy. The rest of the year, they're either in panic or they're anxious. But this is the one time a year where you might catch them happy. And this scripture says at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. You know, there are so many things a farmer might have to fight through. That summertime where it just stops raining, right? Making sure you get enough rain in the spring, Worried about all the weeds and, you know, many of them put the right chemicals on their, on their crop to make sure that it sustains. Bugs. All the kinds of things that you could possibly imagine. And so there are things in our life that if, if, we, if we get tired of dealing with all the challenges, all the stumbling blocks, what happens is we can grow tired because we can be fixated on our problems. And when you're fixated on your problems, you're not thinking about what the end goal is, 
but the challenges that you're facing each and every day, and so you can grow a little weary. You can grow tired. You can say, you know what? I'm tired of being in the struggle. I'm just going to give up. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop doing those things. But we're encouraged here to keep going, keep doing, doing things according to God's way because you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. And then he goes on to say, therefore, who, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. I want to pray. Lord, I just pray that we can see you in this, Lord. We can learn what that spirit of gratitude can mean in our lives, that spirit of thankfulness, Father, where we just continue pursuing you and pushing on. But, Lord, we might have to break some mindsets in order to get there. And so, Lord, I pray by, the, by your Holy Spirit, you will reveal in us what we need to change in order to be more like you and reflect your gospel. I thank you so much in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Who knows to get to the point where you can be grateful for everything you have in your life and everything God has done might require you to change your mindset a bit. So, for instance, in my neighborhood, there are people buying new vehicles right now. And I'm thinking, in this economy? But I, I, see, I see them buying vehicles all the time. And I get, I don't know about you, but I get a case of the I wants. You don't do that, right? All of you are, yeah, all of you are perfect. But I, I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh, man, I'd, I'd love a new truck, you know? but then all you would probably need to borrow it. Um, that's a pastor joke. He got it quickly. And I realize that as, as much as I see these things and as much as I, I try and keep, I, I think I need to try and keep up with everyone, or as much as I think that this could be the next life-changing thing that I get, I realize I'm not entitled to anything. Who knows that? In life, check this out. In life, you are not entitled to anything. And here is the reality because we are at the heart of everything. When it comes to our relationship with God, we are by nature sinners. That's me. I'm a sinner. And I naturally, if I am just in my natural state, I desire things that are inherently sinful. And also, I, I just desire things that please me and make me happy. And almost in every case, these things are worldly and they don't last and it all fades away. You know, bottom line is, that truck that I want, it's going to need replaced eventually. Our dollar, as much as I can save, it's losing value. Our houses, they will need fixed. And we can go on and on with a litany of things that prove that this world is in decay. But the problem is that when I am in my flesh, when I'm not in the spirit, it still craves more. It still desires more of the world, which I'm going to tell you what it leads to. 
It leads to pride, selfishness, envy, jealousy. But if we aim to live by the Spirit and crave eternal life and that connection with God the Father, it leads to humility, selflessness, generosity, and compassion. And so we really have to break down what it means God offering you a right relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. See, God says in his word, and it says very clearly in John chapter 1, that from the beginning, the word, capital W, referring to Jesus, from the very beginning, the word was with God. And so from the beginning of mankind, Jesus always has been. Right, And so Jesus comes out and explains to us in Hebrews chapter 2 that Jesus Christ, he left the splendor of heaven. He left, he left the throne room of God to lower himself lower than the angels, as it says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9, to walk with mankind. And so Jesus came down, lived that sinless life, and not only did he live a sinless life in saying, this is the way you ought to try and live, but he took our place on the cross because we are all deserving of punishment. You hear that and you're like, pastor, I reject that. I don't like that. But let me tell you something. This might sound hard to believe. I was not a perfect child. I wasn't a perfect child. My children, they're not perfect children. There are rules that I have in my house. They have been broken. There are rules that when you were under your parents, you, you made sure you pushed the envelope, right? You disobeyed them from time to time, and some of you are like, no, I really disobeyed them. Like, like I, I pushed them big time. And here, God the Father, the creator of all things, he, he, has, he has established a way of right living, and you and I, we have disobeyed that time and time and time again. And God the Father, who is perfect, and in his presence requires holiness needed to provide a covering for you and I. And that solution was made through his son, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus comes to the earth. His, his blood is shed for you and I so that it can effectively cover our sin. That when God looks at you and you have claimed Christ, he sees his son. He sees people that are covered by his son's sacrifice. And so I become awakened to what Jesus Christ has done, and I realize I don't deserve it. I can point to you an immature believer when they think they deserve what God's done for them. Because the older you get and the closer you get to God, the more you are awakened to, I don't deserve it at all. I've failed him time and time and time again. And even in my walk with him, I fall short. And so I need what he offers through Jesus Christ. And it is a gift from God that I can never repay. 
I want you to hear that because some people are working so hard to try and repay. And guess what? God says there's nothing you can do about it. But just live to serve and honor me. And even God doesn't need that. But he expects it. He expects it. Because that is my response to what he has done. When you can put your heart in that place where you realize, I'm not entitled to anything. I I don't, I don't deserve anything. Then you truly understand what it means to be grateful. Grateful to what God has done. And I'm telling you, the further we go, the more that these days seem so evil. But the world needs you. So don't get tired of doing good. Who knows that that should be your aim? Don't give up. Don't slow down. There's nowhere I can turn right now where I don't see some kind of division, some kind of fighting or war or rumors of it. And so if you chose to just turn on the news right now and you are like, I am glued to whether it's Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, or anything online, what you are going to hear about is you are going to hear about the wars and rumors of wars. And you are going to feel like we, as a people, are hanging by a thread. Who says amen to that? And so it can be so easy for us to hear all the news, see all these things, and say, Lord, take me now. Take me now. I am just, I I am sick of it, and I am ready to go home. Or to just be so much anticipating the return of Christ that we might think, If I could just hide in a cave until he comes back, I'll be good. But who knows God hasn't called us to a safe life. He hasn't called us to live in hiding. In fact, Jesus Christ, he promises that the world will hate you. And so, not only does he say the world will hate you, but you still need to go into the world. Because that's the world that he died for. Now, people are going to take advantage of you. Some might ridicule or mock you. And it's easy to just say, you know what, I'm tired of being hurt. I'm done. But when you think about what your Savior has done, he died for the very people that put him on the cross. And so it requires us to understand that those who have hurt us, we are equally sinners. And being that we are equally sinners, we just happen to have the benefit of knowing who Jesus is and what he's done. And so that if we follow the instruction of the Apostle Paul, part of reaping that harvest requires us to continue planting and be liberal in our planting. That means not being concerned about who we're choosing to tell the truth to, just going out and letting them know what God's done for us. 
You know, the, the questions that Pastor Kelly asked on our video, they were very pointed to something very specific. It is drawing out what Jesus has done. I've had times where I've asked people to share a testimony of what God has done, and then I just hear about how they got a raise this year. Let me hear what Jesus has done. Give credit to him for what he's done in your life. And you heard that on those three videos, right? And so that is such an important element of if we're truly connecting people with Christ, we're showing Christ to them. And so those, those testimonies that we have are essential and the world needs to hear it. The world needs to. And so you and I, we need to seize each and every opportunity. In the reaping, in the harvesting, everything that you and I have is God's. But we're also his workers. So we can't grow tired, we can't grow weary, we can't just take advantage of, of what we have and think, God, I'm good here, I'm done. We can't find ourselves sitting or taking days off. We have to continue. And so, you and I need to take on the role of being the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And we can't grow tired, and we got to continue pressing through. Because when I come to the realization of exactly who he is and what he's done, I realize my only response is to say, Lord, I'm at your service. Whatever you want. I'll do. And then what you're going to find is you just choose to be grateful for each and every opportunity that is presented to you. And so the meaning of what we're here today celebrating is what God's done this past year. It's a chance to celebrate that. But it's also a chance to turn the page and say, okay, God, what do you have going forward? And I want to be a part of your plan. And so when we reap a harvest from God, if you study in the Old Testament, what they did was, truly celebrating the harvest, they gave a portion back unto him. And what I believe that is a message for us today in is recognizing God's done all this for me. Lord, I'm going to continue serving you. Lord, I'm going to dedicate more to you. I'm going to dedicate more time. God, I'm going to offer my life to you. Lord, I'm going to seize opportunity. I'm going to present you at work. I'm going to present you in my neighborhood. Wherever God has given you area of influence to say, you know what? Lord, that time is yours. Those relationships, they're yours. To not think about, you know, God... I've had a stressful couple of weeks. I just need time off. I need a break. Aren't you glad God's never taken a break for you? I need him. I need him. I need him to get me through. I need him so I don't grow tired. I need him so that I can keep seeing the good. Because everywhere I look, I can get discouraged without him.
what I want you to do is I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to reflect on everything God's done this past year. The good, the struggle, the times you celebrated, the times you've cried. And I want you to realize it was all working together for you to be closer to Him. And that God is going to sustain you and He's going to bring you through and that this is all to reach the end goal. That one day, God's going to call us home. And when He calls us home, I want to be standing beside people that we're drawn to the Lord because of Christ in my life or I was drawn unto the Lord because of Christ in their life to get to that point I need to set aside every work of the flesh in my life and say God I choose to be of your spirit And I believe that today the Holy Spirit is going to be awakening within people. Where we can say, God, I can give more to you. I've been hanging on to things. I have not entrusted everything in my life to you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take those parts of our life and we're going to dedicate it back unto God and say, Lord, it's yours. It's yours to use. Sometimes that's relationships. It can be your job. Sometimes that's your family. Whatever that might be, I believe the Holy Spirit, if we're open to it, is going to speak to us in how we can grow more dependent on Him and in service to Him. So if you're sitting here today and you say, Pastor, I've got, I've got to give some things up for God. There are things that I've held on to that I need to dedicate. I need to say, Lord, it's yours. There might be things you need to renounce in your life. But all of them have the same goal, to draw closer to the Lord. And if you say, Pastor, that's what I need today. I need to draw closer to him. I need to dedicate myself further to what he has. Would you stand if that's you? If the Lord is calling you, if he's working on your heart right now, and you say, that's me, bless God, bless God, praise God, there's people standing up all around. He's working on hearts. Just be open.
to how he might use you. And know that God is writing a story in your life that's not going to be like other people's stories. And you just embrace what he has. So if you could just lift your hands up to God right now. Father God, you see those who are here, Lord, that are, that are saying, Lord, I, I dedicate my life unto you. God, there are things in my life that I renounce. God, there are things in my life that I say, this is, this is just a work of me being closer to the world. Lord, it is yours. God, take it. Lord, I am at your service. I recognize what you have done through your son, Jesus Christ, and I proclaim that in my life so that each and every step, everywhere I go, the world can be a witness to what you have done. Not what I have done in my own life, but what you have done, God. That, Lord, we can recognize that, Lord, without you, we are nothing. And God, there is nothing we have done to deserve what you offer through your son. And so God, your son says, you know, I, I freely give and freely receive it. And Lord, we receive it in Jesus' name. We thank you. And God, I pray that over the next days, weeks, and months, that God, our eyes will be opened further to Lord, how we can remove things in our life that create stumbling blocks, that, that create these barriers, God, from us drawing unto you. And we can say, Lord, I just need to remove it. And that, Lord, by, by your, the power of your spirit, we can remove those things. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you for those who stood up with boldness today. And, Lord, I pray that this not just be an emotional moment where we stand in response. But God, we will walk away changed. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you about a decision I made. While we were over there, first off, to use a cell phone in Cuba is insane. Insanely expensive. It's $2.99 per minute or $2.05 per megabyte. If you study data, you know that that cell phone bill could get expensive really quick. And so the only time I could use my cell phone was at the church they had Wi-Fi. And there was just one, one box in the corner of the church, and you'd have to sit right by it if you wanted to connect to Wi-Fi. And so for about 15 minutes a day, I'd be there, and I'd be feverishly texting my wife, just, just telling her about everything and being filled in. And it was so funny because Pastor David would walk by, shake his head, and he'd go, and he, he doesn't speak a lot of English, and he'd go, technology, technology, and he'd keep on walking. And uh, I messaged Wendy, and I was thinking about the way we live, where we hang out together all night, but when we go to bed, we both roll over on our side of the bed on the edge, and we're both on our phones catching up with life, right? And I messaged her and I said, remember, some of you don't remember this, but I said, remember life before smartphones? I said, we would fall asleep talking to each other. I said, when I get home, that's what we're returning to. I'm not going to lie, the first night was a struggle. 
But I've been home three nights. And every night, we haven't touched our phones. Yeah. And I realized something over those 10 days in Cuba, where because everywhere I go, I usually get the cell phone plan, but not in Cuba. I realized something. I had that set aside. My brain was more engaged. I was actively listening. And I seemed to be more effective in the relationships that I was developing. And I thought, what a hindrance in my life. Sure, there's many useful reasons to have one. But I can point to the areas of my life where it's like, you know what? To be able to just set it down and say, I don't need this today. Life will go on. Is good. It's beneficial. And guess what else thrives a little bit more? My relationship with the Lord. And so I, when I say be open to where God might take you in this relationship, it might be something like that. Where you say, Lord, I, I need to surrender this part of my life. And the benefits will outweigh any drawbacks. With all that said, I encourage you to stay after. We have meals prepared downstairs. Some, some people have worked really hard to be able to feed you. And so the celebration actually continues in what we can say we're thankful for because I encourage you to go downstairs, sit with someone who maybe you haven't talked to in a while or maybe you've never talked to. Just tell them what God's done in your life and how thankful you are for him. So I'm going to close in prayer. And then I encourage you to go downstairs and just God bless you all. Thank you for coming. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are amazing. And everything you do, God, is amazing. But Lord, so often we get distracted. There are times where we take credit, Lord. But God, you are calling us back to a spirit of thankfulness, of gratitude, and furthermore, God, as we head into the future, generosity. Lord, I pray that God will be grateful and thankful for the small things. And Lord, recognize how you can even use the small things in our life to continue blessing and in pouring out to others. God, you are so good. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name.